Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today for our current mood combo, I'm going to be joined by the amazing Victoria Garrick. Victoria Garrick is a former D1 and semi-pro volleyball player, TED Talk speaker, mental health and body image advocate, podcast host, and self-love enthusiast. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this current mood combo because she is literally the most real and authentic influencer I think I've ever met. Obviously, her podcast is called Real Pod, so it makes sense. But we have such an open and honest conversation just about her journey, mental health, body image, all that stuff that she talks about on her Instagram and her podcast. If you follow her, I'm sure you do. And if you don't, you need to because she is someone you need to see as you're scrolling on your feed. She has so many amazing tips that are just so tangible. And I really think you guys are going to love this current mood combo. But first, let's jump into best mood, worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was consistent. I think we talk a lot about how it's all about small habits and it's all about staying consistent. Like you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you aren't consistent, like it literally obviously doesn't matter. And consistency is one of the hardest things for me because I think when you're kind of going through mood swings and, you know, not always feeling it and maybe not as self-motivating, I think some people are really good at being self-starters. And I am in certain areas, but when it comes to like taking care of myself, it's really hard for me. I mean, that's why I'm someone that's struggled with like burnout in my career and just so many other things. But my best mood this week was legit consistency because as I look back at the week, I'm like, wait a second. I was actually consistent with a lot of small habits and just taking care of myself in general. I went grocery shopping like I talked to you guys about. I cooked dinner. I made food for myself. I consistently tried to work on my sleep. I consistently got to the gym. I consistently did something mindful, whether it was like meditative or journaling. Yes, you heard that right, journaling. I literally was talking to my therapist yesterday and she was like, thank God I'm sitting down for this because I told her that I did the breath work that I told you guys about. And then I was like, I journaled one, two, three, four days in a row. And she was just like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm sitting down. What's going on? Because it is really hard for me to be consistent with some of those things. And what I have to say about it is it felt so good. Obviously it was my best mood and truly like it really, made me proud of myself. And that's something else we always talk about is like at the end of the day, you want to be able to be proud of yourself and stand by your choices. And just that's, I think, where you build confidence is when you're really proud of yourself because you're confident in what you've done, you know? And so I think that looking back, my best mood was like, I was proud of myself because I was so consistent. Was I perfect? Absolutely fucking not. No way. Because A, obviously I'm never going to be perfect. What is perfect anyway? And I'm still a human being. Like I went out on Saturday night. I had a great time, but I jumped right back into it. And that's why I'm like so proud of myself is because I was able to really find that balance. I talked about it on Instagram in my last Q&A where people asked something about balance. And I think you have different seasons of life. And I think the season I'm in right now is really this balance of like socializing, spending time with my friends, doing things that are fun, and then also just really taking care of myself and finding that balance. And I think my tip that I said on Instagram was deciding what your season is right now and like what 
your priorities are. And then when you look back at your month, it's like, okay, I went out Saturday. I went out this day. I did this, this, this. But then all these other days, I was really, really consistent and got all of that self-care, mindful health things done. And that's kind of the balance I'm in right now. I think there's different seasons for everyone. Like maybe you're thinking, okay, no, I need a month where I like straight up do everything for myself and I don't socialize at all. Or maybe it's the opposite of I work way too much. I'm getting burnt out. I need to take a break and go off the grid. Like it's just different seasons for stuff and you'll figure out that balance. But for me right now, I've been having so much fun and I've been really focusing on friends and family. And I'm kind of like taking part of that balance back by really making sure that my self-care and health outweighs the other stuff. And I was really, really consistent with it this week. So I was able to just be extremely proud by the end of it. My worst mood this week is sad girl. Hee hee. I was literally thinking yesterday. I was like, I literally just look like a sad girl. I went boxing yesterday and I had just like really, really red eyes because I was crying before. (laughs) And I looked in the mirror and as I was like sitting in the back corner, I just like felt like a little kid. And I just thought I really just look like one of those sad girls, you know? And I think that I just uploaded a vlog on YouTube and it's 30 minutes long. So if you need more mood boosters, that's where you need to go after this youtube.com slash love lauren elizabeth but and it's a really good vlog like i'm actually really proud of it see best mood and in the beginning like i was just really really down like i've been going through like a lot of depression and anxiety like i've talked to you guys about and i think you know what i've realized is as long as i can really keep putting one foot in front of the other and be consistent it's okay when i cry like once a day and just am kind of like a sad girl as long as I don't let that wave of emotion drive the bus. I'm the bus driver. All of my moods are on the bus, but I am the one with my hands on the wheel. I am the one making the decisions, driving the bus. The other moods are just passengers. They are not me. So I've allowed myself to feel my feelings and be sad. I've just been sad lately. And you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. I think I've been praying extra, extra hard for everyone in Ukraine and just the state of the world and peace. And if you want to kind of give back a certain way, obviously, um, I just donated to the Be Strong campaign, which is really, really helping get stuff to people in Ukraine that need it. So you guys can kind of do what you will with that and get involved if you want. I listen to Breaking Points, which is a podcast that I highly recommend that is really extremely informative and just helps me kind of understand because I think sometimes when you're struggling with a lot of bad moods, something that helps is logic and reasoning and just information. And so that's kind of where I've been at. So struggling with kind of my own stuff and really just letting my best mood outweigh it. But then obviously the state of the world is extremely sad right now. So staying informed and just doing what I can with the little power that I have. Speaking of boxing, you guys know it is my favorite thing in the world. And getting stronger is hard work, but it doesn't mean it can't be fun. I'm having a blast. Fight Camp brings the best workouts in the world into your home and makes it fun. Learn to box and kickbox from home with access to world-class programming, elite trainers, premium equipment, and smart technology that turns your workout into an interactive experience. You guys, there's thousands of classes. They have new workouts added each week. So like you're always going to find something new and they do have quick workouts. So it's like high intensity, maximum efficiency. You're going to get a killer workout in as little as 20 minutes. You don't have to have any boxing experience like me, who's like obviously just the best boxer in the world. Fight Camp has your back. They've created programs specifically designed to teach you the basics of boxing and kickboxing so you can build a strong foundation. And it's really important. If you're not familiar with boxing, like literally last night, all I did was practice like my footwork and all this stuff. And I literally was sweating. It's the best workout. And Fight Camp provides data real time during your workout so you can track your progress, work toward guided goals, and see exactly how you're improving over time. It's a full body workout, like I said, so it brings the best of both cardio and strength training into one. 
for an intense full body workout. Trust me, you'll be sore. I'm currently extremely sore. I love it because of brain fitness. It requires you to focus, you guys. It will get you out of your head because you have to do these precise combinations and push yourself to think about every single punch you throw. So it's really going to clear your mind. And Fight Camp comes with all the gear you need to start boxing from home, including a freestanding punching bag, boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and smart punch trackers. And it takes up less space than you think. If you have enough room to do a push-up, you have enough room to do Fight Camp. So don't fret. If you have kids at home, live with your family, you can get everyone involved. Fight Camp is one of the only home workouts that is safe for kids to do because there are no heavy weights or spinning wheels. When I have children, they will literally be starting to box from a young age and like, I'm not kidding. It's obviously an amazing way to get their energy out, but it's something incredible for them to learn. Fight Camp offers easy payments so you can get your equipment and get started now. Pay over 24 months for less than the cost of a gym membership. Plus, Fight Camp offers free shipping with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to fightcamp.com slash mood to get free shipping on your fight camp go to fightcamp.com slash mood fightcamp.com slash mood so for mood boosters this week a lot of them are in the vlog and i keep talking about it because i just uploaded it and i'm just i don't think people understand how good of a vlog it is this week like i'm just like so proud of myself but my first one was trying something new okay so I actually tried something new that I've wanted to try for a really long time this week. I went to my first jujitsu class with my little brother. My brothers are super into jujitsu and I've always wanted to try it. It's really hard for me to try something new because like as someone with anxiety, I hate going into a situation where I know absolutely nothing that's going to happen next. But in order to try something new, obviously you don't know anything. And I just really wanted to do this. Not only did I absolutely love it, which was something I was nervous about, and I was able to be proud of myself after. I was so excited to tell my therapist. I realized, because I was journaling this week, that one of my small goals of the year was try something new. And I thought, oh my God, it's literally only three months into the new year and I already completed one of my small goals. And that's why I'm so happy that we kind of talked about setting small goals because they can be really tangible to the point where you don't even realize you did it because they're just small, they're meaningful, and there's something you want to do. So when I realized that the next day, I thought, oh my God, wait, I not only tried something new that like I really wanted to do, but wait, that actually was something I wrote down in my journal. So it was kind of like a double whammy that I was able to be proud of myself in multiple ways. And yes, you heard the word journal. I told Kenzie Elizabeth, who was on the podcast, you guys heard us talk about journaling. She was just like, oh my God, who are you? And I don't know what got into me, but last week I just started journaling. I did it every single morning and I really, really liked it. I think it's because I didn't put any pressure on myself. I didn't follow like any certain guides. I always kind of really followed the best, worst mood, mood boosters throughout the week. But then I also did a bunch of I am's, which is just like kind of like affirmations, I guess, which is like, I am this, I am that. And I think it's just because, you know, I really need to build my self-confidence. I really need to build my self-love for myself. And so I did kind of a lot of gratitudes. I did a lot of I am's. And obviously I'm always reflecting on my best and worst moods. And I did it every single day last week. Have I done it this week yet? No, but it's only okay, well, it is Wednesday when we're recording. So, you know, it's just consistency, but in its own way, because I'm not going to lie, it's hard to be consistent. But I started and I'm going to keep going. And I really, really like it. So another thing to be proud of for boosting my mood. Another mood booster is I think it's like a if you know, you know thing. But it's called Skin Food by Welda. It's literally on Amazon. It's linked in my recent YouTube video. I'll link it on Instagram. But you guys, there's nothing quite like the opposite of a mood booster, like this dry skin that I'm sure we've all been struggling with, with this weather and the weather's even going to start changing. I literally saw, you know, when you just see something for the first time, you start seeing it all the time. I saw this girl on TikTok. She was like, what saved my skin? And one of the things in it was skin food by Welta. A few of you messaged me about it on Instagram. And then one of my best friends swears by it because her esthetician started making her use it. And it's really random. It's literally, like I said, if you know, you know, because it's not like at Sephora or anything. It is literally insane. I feel like I have my glow back and I'm just 
could not be happier because it like also like hurt your face and your skin is literally your largest organ. You need to take care of it. And if you're going to be eating all these nutrient foods and taking care of yourself, like you got to put good stuff on your face. So look into it, you guys. I think you'll really, really like it if you've been struggling with dry skin like me. And it also kind of gets you back into your routine, makes you feel good, makes you want to put on even more skincare and feel beautiful, all that good mood boosting stuff. As you can tell, my next mood booster is clearly alone time. You guys know I need alone time to recharge and I finally have been getting it and giving it to myself because I talk to you guys a lot about how I just am kind of like afraid to be alone sometimes and I get really fearful and what I kind of decided is, okay, am I making a decision out of fear to go to this thing or do I want to go to this thing? And I think a lot of times I realized that I wanted to actually be alone and I was only going for not fear of missing out, because that's something I'm sure a lot of people struggle with, but genuinely fear of being alone. It honestly switches both ways too. Sometimes I get like the opposite where I have a fear of going somewhere, like when I'm, for instance, trying something new. So I'd rather like stay home in an environment I can control. So that's where like that balance we talked about really comes in. But I definitely need alone time to recharge and kind of do all of my healthy habits and just kind of feel like myself again. And I really gave myself a good amount of alone time this week. Like I stood firm in my boundaries and I really balanced them well. So that was another thing that I was really consistent with and proud of. And then finally, I'm back on the Array bloat train. I haven't talked to you guys about it in so long. I have just been struggling with a lot of bloating and just feeling like yucky. Like I said, I kind of want to get consistent with my health and wellness again, even more so than I already am. And I ordered the Array bloat. I took it on Sunday night. It was just the best thing to start my week, like the best. After, you know, a long weekend, not even that long. I literally only went out Saturday, went to my mom's on Sunday. Took it Sunday night, woke up feeling like a hundred freaking bucks on Monday morning. Their product is amazing. So if you haven't tried a Ray Bloat yet, I'm sure you have, but this is your sign. You guys, time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office, okay? With stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Just because your business is small doesn't mean you have to put in extra work. It's called working smarter, not harder, you guys. I'm a small business, but that doesn't mean I want to waste time. Like I said, time is money. Stamps.com lets you print out official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process so you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. I absolutely love stamps.com because I am someone that is go, go, go. I do not have a car. I do not have time to go to the post office, especially with some of the projects I'm working on right now. Stamps.com is the only thing making me know I can handle what is about to happen. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. Stamps.com gives you the access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right now from your computer and get discounts you can't find anywhere else like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Whether you're an office sending out invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, all you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. You're up and running in minutes putting official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. So stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code MOOD for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter code MOOD. Okay, guys, I'm so excited for you to listen to this current mood convo with Victoria. Please welcome her to Mood and enjoy. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Mood. Do you care if we just jump right in because I have this Let's problem where I just start talking because it's like just like an open conversation. So I feel that and I'm in such a chatty mood today. Like this is a great day to catch me for an interview. Oh so my gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just listened to you on the Skinny Confidential. So and it just got me like so I did it on one of my hot girl walks last week, which I think is what TikTok calls them. And I literally was like on fire. I was like, oh my God, she's coming on the podcast. This is so exciting. Like I was so freaking hyped up. I still am, but I think the endorphins definitely played a role. Thank you. And thanks for listening to that. Yeah, that was exciting for me. I was like super intimidated going into that interview just because it's TSC. And like, I I think Lauren's a freaking queen. Michael's the CEO of the network I'm with. 
but it went well and it was an honor. So I'm so glad everyone's loved the episode. Yeah, you were incredible. And I'm sure you're going to be incredible on mood because, you know, I'm sure you're so intimidated by the other Lauren. I know it's like, I'm so I am. I am. It's Wait, crazy. actually, I wasn't going to say this because I don't want to sound like such a fan girl, but when I was first like trying to start a YouTube channel, getting to YouTube, a thousand percent stalked all your videos. Shut like with, I'm not even lying. I have been watching your content and like almost like keeping an eye on everything from like a inspiration way. Like I would watch because I just respected what you did. So yes, I'm very much intimidated <laughs> and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Official mood booster of the week already. And we're only like 30 seconds in. Thank you so much. I'm really bad at receiving compliments, but I feel as though you'd be the type of person that would say you need to take the compliment. So I'm going to take it. Um, yeah, but before we like jump into all like the podcast stuff about your podcast, because you mentioned Dear Media, for those who don't know, I mean, I know that you were a D1 athlete and they obviously heard the intro where I stunningly talk behind your back and hype you up. But give us a little bit about how you've kind of gotten to this place where you're now a full-time quote-unquote influencer, podcaster, everything under the sun that's incredible. Can you take us kind of from where your journey started? Definitely. So I got very lucky per se that my life events really aligned with a career that I could pursue. So I did not expect at all to be doing this for a living, let alone revealing like all of my thoughts and feelings on a daily basis all the time. And so kind of in a nutshell, what happened for me was in college, I really kind of went through my own mental health battle, struggling with body image, food, anxiety, depression, like college for me was where all of my like type A, I've got to be the best at everything, like came to a head and I just was so overwhelmed and I really felt like I broke down. And then in the process of picking up those pieces, I felt firsthand the stigma surrounding mental health issues. And why did I ignore this before? And I was so ignorant and I didn't think this conversation was important. And um, I felt so alone and I didn't even understand what was happening to me. And so that is what really inspired me to start sharing. And at first it was very specific towards student athletes. I played mm -hmm. volleyball at USC. So I really related heavily towards the stigma around athletes, sports culture, and I gave a TED talk. It's always so awkward to just like drop that in um, my not. Oh no, <laughs> it's so epic. <laughs> Thank you. So um, that is what really allowed me to find my voice and realize that there was a com there was an opportunity to have this conversation. People were interested in it, and then I continued. Like, how can I continue sharing this story on what different platforms? Can I can I help people through? And then from there, we've evolved. You know, I, I think a lot of people who maybe follow me now don't even know that I was a D1 athlete. And it's funny to me because it felt like from the content side of things, I had worked strategically to kind of shake that identity and, and grow into a new one that was easier to prolong. So, I mean, Lauren, we can we can go everywhere. I'm just going to stop talking now to give it back to you. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you're so fine. I think it's so interesting, too, because you, like you said, you talk a lot about, like, the mental health stigma as an athlete. And when I was thinking about it before we started recording, I thought, you know, I think feel like it applies like obviously when you're an athlete but then also it kind of is the same translation into a lot of other things because it's that like weak mindset you know just keep going like you're fine and it's not even just athletes but I think a lot of you know young girls especially can just relate in that kind of college period of their life because it is that point where you're supposed to be failing all the time nothing's supposed to make sense and you just kind of have to put your head down and like figure everything out and now everyone's kind of rewriting the conversation of oh actually you're allowed to feel your feelings you're allowed to ask for help you don't have to keep doing something you don't want to do like i thought it was the most insane thing when my mom told me that i could like transfer schools when i was unhappy in college because it really is that like transformative year and did you find yourself like throughout college being able to feel these feelings and go through it and fix it? Or was it not until you were out of volleyball and out of college that you were able to start kind of figuring out who you are and what you needed to do to give yourself the right help? Honestly, I did a lot of it in college. Oh, I wow. kind of look at my underclassmen years as the 
you know, it's almost like if you think back on like English class and it's like the hero's journey, like my first <laughs> and second year of school were, were very much, you know, the struggle and falling into the trenches and feeling very lost. And then towards the end of my sophomore year was when I was like kind of on the come up, starting to ask questions about myself um, to my family to understand things, to dig deeper. Junior year is like, I was really working through it. Like I had the tools. I felt like I was trying, but it was still a struggle and I was still depressed. You know, it's not like once you realize you're struggling and then you seek help, everything goes away. Mm. There's so much work on the back end of that. And then senior year was really when I felt like I understand who I am. I have a stronger sense of how to take care of myself mentally and physically. And then, you know, I even though that was kind of like of those four years, my best year mental health wise, I once again, like had that up and down journey once I, once I graduated from college and then was navigating all these different things in my life and my career and a new identity. And I think we're always going to be trying to understand and figure things out as humans. And I think where we can maybe make a mistake or shoot ourselves in the foot is by the false belief that we will one day reach the end and be all good to go and it's smooth sailing for the rest of life. No, no, no. You're always going to be working. And sometimes it might be a lot harder and more painful than other times. You know, other times it might be simple things, mm. but um, it's a constant journey. It's constantly being aware of how you feel and what you need to do to take care of yourself and you know, I'm still going through all of that in different ways now. I saw your Instagram story the other day too, where you did kind of like a reminder that you're not always positive or something. It was like you and your fiance and you were like, I'm being really negative right now, aren't I? Yes. And I, I loved it so much too, because I think as someone similar to you who talks about like mental health and anxiety and all this stuff, it I constantly felt, and obviously I'd been sharing since I was so young. So I obviously had this unrealistic standard as I was doing so for a while that oh, like now I talk about it all the time. So I obviously have all the answers and I'm fine now. And it's so true. Like that's not what it is. So I love that you kind of constantly share all of like the real, like you tried on an outfit, you absolutely hated it. Like you were, you know what I mean? Do you ever feel right. this like, like what are your boundaries for social media? Because you are so real and vulnerable and I love it because it helps me personally, but how do you have your own boundaries for yourself? Do you, do you feel that? Boundaries on social media. I don't know her. Um, <laughs> right. I was like, do you even like feels. think about it? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes. I, uh, I, I mean, okay. Yes. In a very boring answer. Of course I have like two really fine lines. And one is if it is about someone else, then no, I cannot share it. You know, That's Max and I got into say. this pretty heated argument on a vacation recently, and I really wanted to share every nitty gritty detail because I would. But what we were discussing involved other humans, and that's mm. they don't want that shared with 350,000 people on Instagram. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but so, so yes, there are times where it sucks and I cannot share because I do love sharing. Um, and then I think the other thing is if I'm in the middle of something, that I'm really struggling with, I would like to be at least a few steps ahead of it in a different direction, most mainly a positive direction before I share. Because as you know, people just feel like they can comment on everything. I mean, I'll post a photo of my living room and say like relaxing today. And I get a comment, Oh, your, your book should be like these colors or your couch does your pillow. <laughs> like, because I create this environment where, yeah, there was a period where I was asking for every single decor thought and piece of advice, but I'm over it now. And when I post about a Sunday, like I don't appreciate this random comment about my living room aesthetic. So <laughs> I just know that if I do post in a moment, I'm going to get those unsolicited comments and maybe they come with good intentions, right? Like I'm not mad about it, but I have to make sure that if I'm posting something, I feel strong enough that I, I can take that, whatever it might be, because I don't know what it might be. It might be all positive. It might not be. So those are kind of like my two rules of thumb. However, I share all the time. I mean, I was at the Waste Management Open a few weeks ago. I packed the cutest black jean dress to wear. I am getting dressed and it doesn't fit me. And I'm literally standing there shook. Like I wore this dress 
I mean, I probably haven't worn it in like two years, but I don't weigh myself. I, I assume yeah. I look the same. I mean, and it, it literally would barely zip. And then when it did, like all of my back fat was like squeezing out of it. And I, and, and Max was zipping me like, babe, I don't think this is going to go. And I was, I was so confused. However, then, and I, maybe you can appreciate this, Lauren, the content side of me is like, oh, this is a good Instagram post. Max, <laughs> keep zipping it. I'm setting up the tripod and I'm going to get a picture. And then I'm, and then my friends are pre-gaming and taking shots before we leave. And I'm in the bathroom writing a long ass Instagram caption about like what's going through my head right now. And then I'm firing it off and then I'm going to take my shots and enjoy the tournament. <laughs> and I'm like, great. I got my content on for the day. So it is kind of fucked up when I do think about these human struggles I have and then how like a business side of yeah. me like jumps on that to exploit it. So that's also been something else I've had to understand. Is this a moment where I do want to share and I know it's helpful and like I can do that in the moment? You know, so so it really depends. And it's so weird to think about, but that's my job. My job yeah. is to share my feelings and emotions every single day. I love how like easy it is for you too, though, to just be like remove yourself really quick and like get your content done because you and I are very similar in a way where like we are too authentic to plan things out and it's like oh I don't know what I'm gonna post this week because like I haven't lived yet but like I'm also that person with like such bad ADD that if like I'm with my friends and something's happening unless I can get it done by myself like I don't have a max to be like help me shoot this really quick. I will just like forget about it. You, you'll you get the better content and I'll just talk about it later that week. So like the business side of you, as much as you want to like critique her, she's like onto something. Like she's doing a good <laughs> job. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will say it's very helpful for my brand, like to not have an aesthetic and for the photos to not be perfect and have to fit like anything. Obviously something that you do really well is like, you really do have this cohesive look and this style and it's Barely. probably not as easy for you to just whip out the picture or the video, you know, as it is for me. So I would say the rogueness of my brand has created an environment where like, I can just like recklessly share because that's what I do. And I, I love that. Like I, I, I will say there are times where, especially with TikTok, I'm very specific about the expression or the text overlay or doing something on the beat that like when my friends and I were together on New Year's Eve and we were just, let's film a quick, some TikToks before we go out. Like to them, they're like, whatever, and post. <laughs> and to me, I'm like, no, no, no. I have this idea. Everyone stand here. Like, and then I feel myself turn into a literal monster. Like I feel myself <laughs> obsessing over like how I can get this perfect video that's going to be viral. And in those moments, I literally am like, Victoria, hey, the night's not about that. Like we're taking the L, put the phone away. You did three tries. Your friends are getting annoyed. Like this is not what New Year's Eve is about. So yeah. I do have moments where if I sense myself for whatever reason, like needing this, usually with TikToks to be just right, I will have the awareness to be like, give it up and we can film it another day. Although I did get that TikTok and it did go viral. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but sometimes the monster has a good purpose, yeah. which is, you know, she knows, what she's doing. she knows what she's doing. I mean, clearly. And when you started social media though, did you expect to have the aesthetic quote unquote of how you've described it that you have now? Or was this like a journey? Because I can't imagine just going onto social media years ago when everything was even more quote unquote, like perfect looking. And just like, there were just like all these little moments of like ripping off the bandaid, right. Of being like, wait, I actually don't want to do this. Like, I actually don't want to look like this. What was your kind of like process in having the confidence to literally post whatever the hell you want? And I don't know how you feel, but you look confident as hell doing it. Thank you. It definitely was a process. And my first you know, understanding of, well, first of all, if anyone goes back to my very beginning, we were all insane. Like I was posting photos <laughs> of like the, the neon Lululemon headband I bought when I was 13, oh my like God, for my volleyball you know, it's like, so embarrassing. or I have, I remember there's a photo of me and my best friend, like waiting in line for the twilight premiere. Like, you know, at first when you get on TikTok or sorry, at, at first when you get on Instagram, it's just kind of random, whatever. And then I remember in high school is when it started to kind of take shape. Like how do you post on Instagram? It was like the very first big social media thing for a lot of us other than Facebook. So 
I definitely felt this pressure to have this beautiful Instagram and post these pretty bikini photos. And I did want everything to be perfect. I facetuned and Photoshopped every single photo. Like I did absurd things to get the photo. Like I'm talking my best friend and I had a pool day in high school and I wanted a photo on a raft in the pool because this really pretty girl I followed had a photo in a raft in a pool. So we drove to big five in the middle of the day while it was sunny and hot to grab a floaty that had to be orange. And then we blew it up and came back. And my best friend stood on the diving board, getting this perfect photo. And then I added abs to, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, it honestly just gives me anxiety, like listening to it. Cause there's, I actually hate taking Instagram photos, like static photos. <laughs> so you describing this experience is like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> continue. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and a thousand percent. And I honestly think like a lot of, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And look, if it brings you joy, I don't want to hate on that. Like if you, if mm. that brings you joy, joy. Great. It didn't bring me joy. It was me thinking I had to do this to fit in, to have a good Instagram, blah, blah, blah. So another long story shorter, uh, when I was kind of going through my existential crisis, we can call it in college where I was at a really bad place with my body image. I was depressed. I was unhappy. You know, I started going to therapy. I, I was questioning everything. Like you know, I, I was at such a, a darker place of like, what's the point of life that mm. those type of photos became so trivial for me and, and honestly stupid. And, you know, there were, a, there were a lot of different dominoes that fell to kind of lead me to this place of rebellion. But I eventually just was like, I'm over it. And I, from one day to the next, it was a 180 just started posting anything I wanted and I hashtagged it real post. And this was to my a thousand and two hundred followers of family, friends, and people in college. Like I didn't, I did not have a following and all of my friends thought it was like my Finsta. They were like, what's happening here? And I just kept going with it. And then my Ted talk came out and people thought it was interesting and they came to follow me and they were like, this girl kind of just posts all this random stuff. And then once again, you know, the, the business side of things kicks in of like, okay, well, this is hashtag real post. And I just did it randomly, but maybe I can turn that into something and I can start to post these and kind of put them under this umbrella of like authentic content, which is what they are. And, and look, I share the quote unquote business side of this because it is important to acknowledge that like the platforms we have took strategy and took Mm. hard work and, it's and I want to be honest about that because it's not like easy to just create that online. And for people who want to do that, I think that's awesome. And so I think I think a lot of times people view my account like, oh, this girl just wakes up and freaking wings it. And a lot that is true, but there's so much more behind it that is keeping it sustainable and growing and providing value. So, so that's why I add that. Anyways, I've got, I've got side trailed anyways. Oh my God. (laughs) No, you're so fine. I just, I think it is so interesting that you say that because just because like, you're not going out of your way to buy like props and get the perfect angle and do some of this stuff that, you know, I mentioned, I just simply can't get myself to even try to do, which is my own because it and by the way like being completely honest it still drives me crazy like it will keep me up at night sometimes being like why don't you just try like just like try to take an instagram picture like this so clearly like i have self-work to do but i think that it takes so much to be vulnerable on the internet and when you're someone that's going to be judged no matter what you post at least you're like 100 percent confident that you're being as real as possible so when you're judged you're like well i guess you don't like you're just one of the people that don't get it or don't like me and i'm sure that that's you know i'm sure at times it's not easy but i'm sure at times it's like oh like you're just like you know some people like apples some people like oranges like you're just like not one of my people like you have this community that i feel like you can be even more extremely proud of because they're really connecting with you on a deep purposeful level. Did you, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned how you started like strategically turning it into a business, which obviously I understand because I'm on the internet as well, but did you right away start connecting with people? Because for me too, like, I love like the Photoshop fails that you show and even the video where a lot of people didn't know you could edit a video to make yourself look thinner. Like, I also love that stuff that you show too, because 
I mean, someone's got to say it. You know what I mean? Like so many people don't know. The same way they don't know behind the scenes of just like business strategy for social media, they don't know how much editing you could do that it's scary. So how do you find that as these things go viral, it's the people that you've been connecting to since the beginning, the people that you're connecting to now, how do you find value and confidence with that community that you've built? I definitely feel super grateful because the community that I have created is really, it is special. And I actually don't get like that much hate. I feel like, especially on Instagram, it's a group of people who all want to be authentic and are all trying. And, you know, I'm never fronting that I'm perfect and I have it all together. And so then I think they in turn feel like they don't have to have it all together. And then I can find comfort in them. I mean, when I was kind of changing my brand a little bit from this volleyball player to something greater than that, which is actually just who I am, you know, without anything else, it was a lot of them who messaged me like, we're here for the long run, or I love everything that you're sharing, or I think it's great that, you know, you're evolving your identity and I need to do that too. And so there's been so many times I've like leaned on the people who support me to give me the courage and the confidence. I mean, from the very beginning, opening up about my mental health was hard, but it was easier than opening up about like specifically binge eating. Like Mm. when we talk about a relationship with food, that's really unhealthy and really toxic. I mean, I was so nervous about that and that accidentally got shared. And it was all the messages and people who like saw that piece of content that I didn't really want out there. Was it accidentally by you? Not to cut you off. No, it was like I did this interview and I didn't, I was young and it was my first interview and I didn't understand what was going to be shared. And Mm. they took the worst parts and I was just really embarrassed of it. And there was nothing I could do. I was like helpless. I'm sure you've had that happen to you. So that got posted and I didn't share it anywhere because I was like mortified, but, um, that that magazine did and a lot of people found that video but like loved it and messaged me I saw this video on binge eating and I have the same problem and like that gave me the confidence to then like take back that story and share it and Mm. and go 10 times further so you know that to me is like the sweetest moment of people encouraging me to be able to be where I am you know I couldn't be here without that I will say it sucks to lose followers and to post something and then see a thousand people have unfollowed you and you're like oh my and then every time you think about what you post it's like do people not like this and through so many conversations with other influencers and creators I've just really kind of learned that you know first of all if people are unfollowing and following like great they're weeding out my community Mm. and they're they're helping me get to the people I want following me. So if you're leaving, that's fine. Like, that's okay. I don't think everyone in the world has to follow me or like my page, but it does hurt the heart. But then I remember, okay, great. Like those people are leaving and I'm getting closer to this really awesome community of like people that I know we're all on the same page. And then secondly, I love Justin Anderson. And he said to me, I don't want anyone following me who's one click away from unfollowing me. And I loved that because I used to live for the people who want to click away. I was like, how do I stop the people who are one click away? Like every post I posted, I was like, if I post this photo of Max or the people who aren't here for relationships going to unfollow me, you know, I was like literally just considering so highly the people who would be one click away. Screw that. I should be catering to the people who are here no matter what. And so when people are one click away, I'm like, great. You are not the people I want following me anyways. So that's like also how I've rationalized people who leave the community. Yeah, I think that honestly, too, that it's such good advice for like girls in their 20s who feel like they're losing friends and weeding out people in the friend group and just because you always see that on Instagram. It's like, I have a friend breakup or we have this one friend and you don't want to have to like try so hard to keep people in your life, whether it's like a community of people on social media or a community of people in your real life. And I am curious to know just out of the moodiness in me, why do you think you were more embarrassed of the binge eating, eating disorder portion than just the mental health portion overall at the time? It's a great question. And I think it's just because there's so much shame surrounding food and eating and our bodies, especially as women. And I was just absolutely mortified for people to understand like what a binge in my life meant and how much food I was eating. I mean, 
it was just easier. It was easier for me to like come forward with suicidal ideation than it was to say, I ate my whole pantry at midnight. And I just think, you know, we can track it back to like gluttony being one of the sins in the Bible and eating a lot, being something feminine, dainty women shouldn't do. I just think for me and the specific disorder being binge eating, which is like copious amounts of food. I think that's where the shame came from. I think society has glamorized things like not eating. And so just for that to be the polar opposite, I think that's why I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be viewed as manly. I didn't want to be viewed as barbaric, um, monstrous. And and I think those are the things we associate with eating a lot of food. No, definitely. I mean, even just as someone that doesn't struggle with an ED, like just, you know, like the femininity of the standards of, oh, I don't want to be the girl that's like eating and looking. It's just like gross, quote unquote. And obviously, like I'm so past that just in general of stereotypes and stigmas, but it's definitely like the I understand the the feminine side of it as well. And do you find that people now come to you more for mental health in general or specifically for body image or is it like a really good mix? Because I do think that obviously they go hand in hand, but for some reason it, you know, I just think that obviously social media is, can be truly so toxic, you know, obviously not when you go to a page like yours, but when maybe you follow accounts that are pushing at 1700 diets in your face, like three times a day, which is like my Instagram ad. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be on keto. Like how many times do I have to speak it into my like phone's microphone? Like, I don't want to be on keto. I will never call my little FBI watcher. No, like literally I have never wanted to do keto in my life yet. Every time I'm on TikTok, it's like, do you want to try keto? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't. But what do you find that now kind of as you're maybe not, I'm not going to say past because, you know, like, like we said, it's, you're always working on something, but do you find that there's something you're more comfortable talking about and using your voice for over the other, like before, or do you find that it's got kind of that like good mix that you're really passionate about speaking to your audience about? I think it's definitely mixed. And if I did a post and asked people like how they found me, I really do feel like it's such a variety of like, I came from TikTok. I heard you on a podcast. I've been watching USC volleyball games. Like I saw the, you know, it's such a variety, which I love that. My hope and like what my plan is in a perfect world is like people coming for something, but staying for everything. And Mm. I've just really tried to kind of balance everything that I talk about and always add, always add just that ounce of realness, you know? So if I am talking about something pretty baseline, like the breakfast I got or a day with my family, like I do always like to go one step deeper on, did anything weird happen when I was like getting my breakfast or was it great? And, you know, with my family today, like, did we actually have a good time or did we not? So I think that's also something I hope people enjoy is that they are getting kind of more information. And I think that is interesting for people is to kind of feel like you're learning or knowing things about someone that maybe you shouldn't know or that you wouldn't share with others. I mean, it's scary because like, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes when I post something, I almost like forget that people in normal life follow me, like quote unquote normal life, you know, because I'm like so comfortable sharing with everything online. But then like someone will say, I listen to your podcast and I'll be like, why did you do that? Like literally, why did you do that? (laughs) That's so funny. I feel that way with like Max's family, my fiance's family. Like his older brother, who's like a very straight arrow, like married kids will like view my stories because I, and I love his family and we all follow each other. But sometimes I'm like, this story is literally about nipple hair, but hi. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know you had a story on nipple hair. That's that's one that I wish was in the archives for me to go that back to. That actually is not on my – that's funny. Okay, so my story – oh, actually, it was about PCOS and, like, get getting hair. And I think in, like, a parenthesis, I, like, alluded to, like, a lot of body hair. However, <laughs> on – do you ever do this, Lauren, where, like, different platforms, you're, like, a totally different – like, there's different oh, limits. 100%, like, oh, 100%. Oh, on TikTok? 
Yeah, on TikTok, I will do anything. On Instagram, I'm definitely like, okay, the schools that hire me to speak follow these accounts. Like, I'm definitely a little more like, but still, <laughs> I'm 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 a nine out of ten. But on TikTok, I'm a ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that's like every every platform is so different because obviously on YouTube, it's like the visual of it all. So I like definitely turn more more into like a teenage boy, like every single vlog. But on the podcast, I get to hide behind the microphone. So I do love that. <laughs> I, I do want to talk to you about kind of like what you hope social media looks like in a sense of obviously you're exposing all of these filters, which I will say like as someone who's been on social media forever, if people like you didn't post the before and after with that one uh, app, I don't even know what it's called. It, I wouldn't even know that existed. So I've like literally been comparing myself to people for so long and had no idea that there was an app that did all of this. So obviously, you know, you showing people like actually what it looks like is just jarring and so helpful even to someone like me who does this for a living and people probably think doesn't struggle with these things which is just so far from the truth but what do you hope that like social media looks like going forward because like like you said like some people do get joy from aesthetic and stuff like that so what is kind of like the solution then for you know a safe place for people to express themselves but then also like get a realistic standard of beauty and body. It's hard because there are people who like love a filter and they love an aesthetic feed and they love the photo shoot. And then there are other people who it doesn't work for them and it's hard for them to see that. I think there's not enough credit on the algorithm in curating like a feed oh. that is good for you. And I think people like to say, oh, social media is bad. Mm. But if you work to curate, I'm not following these people. I'm muting these people. When I see the keto ad, I'm pressing not interested, not interested, not interested. Eventually you are going to stop getting that. And when I see a self-love post, I'm going to engage. Mm. And I think that Social media is not trying to send you bad things. They're trying to send you things you engage with to keep you there. And if you're engaging with positive content, uplifting content, then you're going to get that. And so like my social media is a very safe place. I rarely ever come across the toxic things. If anything, like my best friends will just send me them because they get them all the time. And they're like, Vic, do something on this. And I'm like, I've, <laughs> I've never even seen this. And I was like, they're like, react to this on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So I would just say a solution that we can actually do today is to start really curating our own feeds and protecting them. Yeah. I think the keyword is truly engaged because you forget that it's so mindless. And when you said, you know, click not interested in this ad, I've never even thought about doing that. I just like keep scrolling. Like it's so mindless. I just scroll, scroll, scroll. And then I'll see a picture of a girl and I'll like send I it to my cousin and I'll be like, LOL, like she looks nothing like that in real life. I'll just keep scrolling. Like that's the only way I engage with it. You might it's just making myself feel better. They're, they're usually engaging. So even if you stop and you look and think, oh, this is stupid and then scroll. That's enough time. All right? knows is yeah. she saw this, she stopped. She was interested. Yeah. Let's give her another. I know I have to like retrain my phone, but especially the TikTok algorithm. If you stop for like a second, it's like long enough of a second. But I feel like on Instagram, it's my Instagram is definitely a safer place. TikTok is just the algorithm changes so fast. I don't even know what's happening. Luckily, I always toot my own horn. I say my TikTok algorithm is amazing because for some reason it's all dumb comedy, which I do love. But I also wanted to pick your brain. We've talked a lot about, you know, what you struggled with and stuff. And I, I'm not sure if you do do this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I have seen you talk about intuitive eating. Is that kind of what you follow and you're shaking your head? Yes. So I'm going to ask you, like, how, how do you define it? And like, how would you explain it to people that don't know what it is? Intuitive eating is like a self-care framework and approach to eating that involves rational thought, emotion, satisfaction, the women that kind of coined intuitive eating and have, you know, the best work on it would be Elise Rash and Evelyn Tribole for anyone who wants to look them up or read their work. I highly recommend their book, Intuitive Eating. And for people who don't understand, I would just say it's very much like peeing. So if you think about, yes, if you think about when you have to pee, you get this little tingle, this sensation. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to pee. Where's the bathroom? Let me go 
pee. Okay, great. You don't get the sensation think, oh my gosh, I have to pee, but it's like four and I'm not supposed to be till five or I can't pee after eight o'clock at night or like Kendall Jenner only pees twice a day. Like, no, you just, you listen to your body and you do it. And so intuitive eating at its like core and its simplest way of explaining is that it's how you would be as a baby. You get the hunger cue, you cry, you want the food, you get it, you're satisfied, and then you're happy baby. So in life, we've had so many people, magazines, you know, diet culture telling us what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, that we've never been actually guided to listen to our own intuition. And when I learned about this at 18, 19 years old, I was just blown away. And the light also clicked for me of, oh, Mm. that makes so much sense. You know, it doesn't matter how many calories are in an egg white. Do I want an egg white? Like Mm. I've never asked myself that. So, you know, and, and, and that actually, that quote is from Janine Roth's book, Breaking Free from Emotional Eating, which is really where I first got my initial understanding of intuitive eating. It has been the thing that has allowed me to heal. And I definitely recommend anyone who might be struggling with food, look into it. And maybe it is something that, you know, could help them. What other things while you were healing at that time in your life? I love like the book resources that you mentioned. You mentioned therapy. What was also kind of instrumental in making sure that you stayed on the journey of healing and get to the place you obviously are today? There are so many things that I think like people can list as helpful. And obviously, yes, I mentioned therapy and you did as well, but it's not accessible to everyone. And that said, you know, something that I do like to remind people of that seems so simple and so small is just opening up to anyone in your life who you love and trust. Like just literally one person, if you could let them in, you never know how they can help you, how they can support you, what that might feel like to know you're not completely alone. So opening up to people was huge for me. And then, you know, those people being able to help me and support me. Also, while there are things that are not accessible, social media has made a lot of advice and resources and experts free and at the touch of our fingers. I mean, there are incredible psychologists who have podcasts and share information for free. I mean, there's Dr. Michael Gervais, there's Brene Brown, there's Glennon Doyle, there's Dr. Nicola Perra of The Holistic Psychologist. I mean, you can literally find so many people online who are now sharing information that used to be gatekept by like appointments and buying book and books and th- like podcasts are free. So I think really like leaning into those things can be helpful as well. Um, making sure you're following the right ones. What else? I would say, um, I would say I was really big on mentors too. So just people in my life who had overcome things, who were, who had done things I admired and respected and asking them questions, you know, picking their brains, being okay with saying, I don't know, show me the way, you know, all of that has been helpful as well, even in just like a career point of view. Yeah. So it's so funny. I literally had, because you're obviously so open and honest about this stuff on social media. I had written down, like, what would you say to someone who wants to be vulnerable? Like you are on social media, but just in real life to their loved ones, because I think that it's so scary. I wouldn't say it's hard to ask for help because it's technically simple. I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's scary. And I think that, you know, a lot of people do make it look easier. They just say, ask for help. And what did, what advice would you say, whether it's something that helped you or something that maybe you say to a lot of your followers, if they reach out to you that they're like, I want to be more like you, but not to like tons of people on Instagram, literally just to the people I love because I need help. It is so, so hard. And you're right. The buzzword of seeking help just doesn't do justice to what it actually means to do that, to say something that is so hard that when you think about it, your eyes start to well with tears and your heart starts pounding and you haven't even uttered the word. You know, it's very hard. A few things that might help. Um, sometimes, you know, texting ahead of time, like I know we're hanging out later. Please ask me about my dad or please ask me about I love school. That. So I don't forget. And then that way you're putting the initiation on someone else. That's helpful. Sometimes you can write things down if you want to write down a note, whether it's for your therapist, like, or for a friend, I want to talk to you about something and like 
sometimes that's an easier way to go about it. I also think, um, I also think after you plan to talk to someone, can you schedule a FaceTime with your best friend or a fast food run with your neighbor? So it's like, I'm going to have this really hard conversation with this person, but I know that in an hour I'm getting picked up to do this and that's my comfort (laughs) and that's my safety. And like, I don't have to just sit here crying and thinking about it all night long. That's helpful too. Um, I also think practice rehearsal, like whether it's with yourself and what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Um, Also, just remembering that even if this person, for whatever reason, like doesn't hear you, invalidates your feelings, doesn't give you the response you needed, that you can be incredibly proud of yourself for like having the courage to do something and to say something. And I think one of the biggest things that I understood throughout everything was taking that power of validation away from the world and giving it to myself. Mm. And I'm the one who can validate that this is true. This is how I feel or that I am enough in all of these different ways. And I don't need likes on Instagrams for that. I don't need comments for that. I don't need the compliment or the verbal affirmation from this person in my life who I've let have so much power over me. Like you can validate yourself. And also you don't have to be understood by everyone. That was, that was huge for me. Like you can, lay your head on the pillow at night with not people not understanding. You don't have to go running and knocking on every door saying, no, 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 but this is what I meant. Or, but these are the things that happened. And this is why I said, like, not everyone's going to understand you. That is life. You need to understand yourself and you need to be okay with your truth. And then you can literally lay your head on the pillow at night. Like I know maybe my, my rider dies. No. And, and that's enough. I cannot get the entire world like on my side. And I think that was also something that allowed me a lot of permission to be kinder to myself was kind of giving up that endless battle of seeking validation from everyone. Well, I think that's something too. I mean, first of all, that was the best like actual tangible advice ever. Just, I was like, Instagram post. And also I think I love how you said like, just being kinder to yourself too, because I think no matter what, maybe like mental health or just situation you're struggling with, it is so hard to just be nice to yourself. And I'm so impressed with, how it seems that like, I think I even, I don't even know if I wrote it down, but I remember thinking before our interview, just being like, okay, but how did she like genuinely fall in love with herself so much? Like, how does she like herself so much? And I think that's something that a lot of people, especially obviously women, especially obviously in our twenties struggle with. And I think, you know, what you just said is amazing to that. And just, I don't know if there's anything else that you know, you think of when I say something like that as someone who is still on that healing journey, I don't know where you're at with it, but as an outsider to your content, I'm just like, wow, like the amount of self-love like you have to have to like accept yourself so fully and be able to share it so fully is completely inspirational and admirable. So I'm so glad you said that. We can end on this because I think it's, it's something that doesn't get enough like attention and also clarification is like, when you say, you know, you're so in love with yourself, like a little part of me like cringes because I'm definitely Well, also not. the sentence sounds bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, wait, I'm not trying to say like everything you just said was flawless and so well said. I I just think that is um, maybe something people misunderstand about me is like I'm super yeah. confident and I love myself and I love my body and that's just not the case. But what I where I am at is I accept I just accept that this is like what it is today. This is where we are. And I know that I'm not prioritizing those things anymore. I mean, as simple as like the dress thing, like, yeah, when that dress didn't fit me, I literally was like, I'm I'm not even letting this happen in my mind right now. Like it's a, it's a fucking dress. Like, like it's, it's a a size determined by a certain store. Like who cares? Like I'm putting on my other cute outfit and, and, and that's that. And I know it's so much easier said than done. I know that my situation is different from other people's, but what has allowed me to kind of get there is like years of working through, like I started all this. I mean, I had body image issues when I was 12 and I'm 24. So it's taken a very long time to get to a place where I'm just like, turn it off. That's not the priority. Like size doesn't matter. And like, I'm going to have a great day. But I think what's allowed me to get there is like really body neutrality. This, okay, I... I'm done saying I hate myself and all these negative things, but I'm also not ready or comfortable to say I love myself and look in the mirror and say these body affirmations. I've never done that in my life. That I, <laughs> I could never do that. It feels so cringe to me. Um, 
<laughs> but I can sit here in the middle and say, this is where I am today. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be good. But like, I can appreciate this is where I am. I can appreciate what my body's done for me. I can appreciate what I'm trying to do today and like have compassion for myself that this has been really hard and this is where I am. So that body neutrality, I think like does radiate confidence and it does, Mm -hmm. it does allow me to have a love for my body in the sense that it's doing a lot of things for me, not like how it's looking externally. So that has been the big thing that I think has really given me a lot of peace with body and, and all those things is like, just, I'm not going to put looks up here. I'm not going to apologize if I get on a zoom and I don't have makeup on. I'm not (laughs) going to apologize if I haven't shaved my legs. Like it's just not that important. And the world will tell you it is. That's all we are as women, how you look, how you dress, the number on the scale. It's just so false. And like also, and then I'll get off my soapbox. um, (laughs) When you also take a path of rebellion, like a feminist, like why is this the priority for us? That's powerful. And sometimes that's easier to get behind than like your individual body. But just this movement of like, we are so much more as women, I think that's empowering and it's easier to champion than like this very specific, my stomach, my legs, my arms. Totally. I mean, literally the soapbox that you never need to get off of, first of (laughs) all. So amazing. And you are just literally so inspiring. And it's because of people like you that social media is a positive place. And I'm just so glad you were able to come on Mood and share your story. I know you have an amazing podcast as well. So where can everyone go? Because they're going to want to listen to more. Oh, thank you. Well, my podcast is called Real Pod and Lauren's coming on. So make sure you guys check out that episode we're going to get, we're going to get all the scoop from Lauren. We're going to go deep there. So you definitely want to check that out real pod. And then um, my Instagram, Victoria Garrick has pretty much everything else. And TikTok's also Victoria Garrick. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and I would appreciate it so much if you hit the subscribe button. Also left a five-star review because that would boost my mood and you would know that. And in return, it would boost your mood. Make sure to follow on Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth for mood boosters throughout the entire week updates, everything you need. Also, we have a private group on the Geneva app that is linked in the show notes. If you want to connect with like-minded individuals and boost each other's moods. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.